to Michael Cole and I are back with you on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. And on this edition, we're going to check in on some things. We're going to check in on some old friends there uh, around the NBA. Dylan Brooks has been making the rounds as someone that Memphis Grizzlies fans have been longing for, bizarrely, at least in my opinion. So we'll, we'll check in on Dylan and Tyus. We'll check in on the state of play in the Western Conference and we'll preview Grizzlies Lakers. It's going to be a fun episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, like every episode is. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies, and the dynamic duo is back with you on this Tuesday episode of the show. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Make sure you're following him on X, if you don't already do so, at Michael C. He's the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I'm the Memphis Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. You can follow me on X, at Joe Mullinax. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Check us out on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. And this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, Michael, it's good to see you again, as always. I, I don't know if you had a chance to catch the Monday episode. I'm in a very good mood. I'm very you are. positive. You are. I feel I almost bipolar in terms of how this season has made me feel about the Memphis Grizzlies. But right now, I'm I'm on the up and up. I'm on a, uh, a steady incline. Safe to say, I am very ready to get hurt again by this franchise. When I was listening, Joe, I, I think I was like, he, he's – you you sound more encouraged than mm. than I and I thought and if if you saw what I ended up writing on Monday was actually about in, encouraging sign for the Grizzlies so I, I think we kind of we're on you know, the same along, wavelength along along the same lines here of, of kind of you know uh, basically I think the attitude right now is you're not taking any of these wins for granted no because this isn't this isn't last year where it's like oh. We won four in a row, but we lost to, you know, a team that was beneath us. Like, no, any any win right now, I mean, you, 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 they're taking them. They're, they're, they're taking them all as, like, impactful and meaningful because at this point you need to win as many as you can without job. Pointing out that the Los Angeles Clippers are a dumpster fire is a yeah. fair point, but – so, too, are the Memphis Grizzlies at this time. So the dog days are over. I'm calling it. Even if they lose to the Lakers tonight, it is a much better situation, or at least I feel better, with Bismack Biombo, with Jacob Gilliard. Shockingly, you and I were both calling for some semblance of, uh, of a change to be made offensively. We had yeah. different ways of getting there, and neither yeah. of our avenues are what was picked by Taylor Jenkins. But the team is undeniably playing better right now. Hopefully that continues in tonight's game. But before we get back to the current Memphis Grizzlies, one of the hot topics, one of the hot-button discussion points to Michael Cole among Grizzlies fans has been the performance of one Dylan Brooks over in Houston. He looks like a completely different person to Michael. Completely if only different. this could have been predicted. 
if only someone somewhere along the way could have said, you know, Dylan Brooks is a good basketball player. I would like him on my team, but we have to accept that he is never going to be what we want him to be. And he's going to have to go somewhere else to be that person. If only there had been someone to Michael that could have made that point over the years. So it's time for you to get your flowers on this yeah. one. I, I, if if no one else will do it, allow me. Thank to you, DeMichael. We can go Thank back you. a year ago on Locked On Grizzlies when everyone – I'm not going to say everyone. I'll, I'll be a, – a, a lot I'll of people. A, a lot of people were out of the door on Dylan Brooks, period. And not just mm-hmm. out of the door. Joe Mullins wasn't just out of the door on him. Joe said he deserves $20 million a year. Go, 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 go look back. On Roll the, the tape and and see what people said to Joe in the comments and look at and the on, comments. On, I was an idiot on Twitter and and everything. Twenty million a year for Dylan Brooks uh, sounded, to take one of your words, diabolical. And, diabolical. And and looking back, Joe, you're you're right on the money. You're right on the money. He he has done wonders that pun as well. Right on the money. I like that. <laughs> he 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 has been great for Houston. And when they started 0-3, it looked like they were about to be a little laughing stock, right? And, man, after they beat the Nuggets, I, I don't think anyone's taking them as a joke anymore. But to get to your point, uh, he has done wonders. And it's funny because if you just look at his raw numbers, like his points per game is roughly around the same. 13.7 last – I mean, this year he was at 14.3 last year. But you, this is the difference. This is what we never saw in Memphis. Two-point field goal percentage right now, Joe, 56.3%. Wow. He that's was impressive. never, he was never even over 50%. Wow. With the Grizzlies. Three point, now the three-point number is, is going to go down. But right now, 53.3% on three-point shoot. But the reason it's so high, this this is the numbers that, that you're probably going to point out more. I'm just going to touch Ooh, on. Tell me, tell three, me, tell me. 3.3%. Three-point attempts per game. Only last season, last season he took six. He's basically cut it in half. So uh, you're it, saying him having a smaller offensive role has led who to would have thought? a basketball player? <laughs> who who would have thought, Joe? Such a wonderful thing. Oh, me. I could have predicted that. He has a career low usage rate to Michael. He is shooting the basketball. He is involved in the offense for the Houston Rockets. By a full almost two percentage points lower, yeah, as a member of the Houston Rockets than he was as a rookie for the Memphis Grizzlies in 2017 and 2018. And that has been my point all along with Dylan Brooks. The Memphis Grizzlies broke him, they asked him to be something that he was not capable of being offensively from the beginning, and it was going to take him going somewhere else to mm-hmm. achieve higher levels of offensive success. Now, is he going to continue to be in the 98th percentile of scoring among NBA (laughs) wings? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I do think it's fair to point out in defense of the Memphis Grizzlies training and coaching staff, you know where else he is currently near career lows to Michael? Assist percentage. And his turnover rate has more than doubled from year over year. He Mm -hmm. is miserable in terms of turnover percentage right now offensively. And he was showing improvement in that space as a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. But he, wow, right? Who could have thought that a lesser usage Dylan Brooks would be a useful basketball player? Hmm, me. I thought that since everybody else, 
Everybody loves DeMichael as well. They should. I will never take away from DeMichael <laughs> Cole's shine. He is wonderful. He should absolutely be your favorite host of Lockdown Grizzlies. Everybody can pick on me. I just want the credit when I'm right. Every once in a while, when the it. dark harvest moon shines and yep. the, the, the wolves are howling and it's the one time in a month that I'm correct, give it to me. I'm right about Dylan you, you, Brooks. You, you're on the money. You're on the money with this. I, 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 I got to give it to you. I mean, that's why I keep saying on the money. The $20 million a year was the one part I was like, okay, hold up, mm. Joe. Mm. All right. But, I mean, it looks so fair. The defense he's playing for that team, who he's he guarding. phenomenal defensively. Phenomenal in that role. <laughs> he it, looks it, better. So, I want to touch on this real quick, too, because I saw sure. this conversation on X a little bit about the whole thing about Dylan Brooks in terms of uh, why he looks different now. Like, all of a sudden, why are the Houston Rockets getting the player that fans, that, that, that media members all kind of, challenge the Grizzlies from the standpoint of how he should be playing, especially last season. But I got to point out a couple things here. The number one thing I want to point out before I make this point is you all got to remember that basketball players have egos. Aside from all of the team first, I'm going to do whatever I need to do for the team. Every player in the NBA grew up being what we like to say, one of them ones. They all grew up being the guy, every single one of them. And in, in high school, they were all, if they weren't one of the top players in the country, they were either one of the top players in the state or probably one of the top players in the city. These guys have always been the creme de la creme, every single player in the NBA. Uh, despite all these underdog stories you hear with Steph Curry and guys like, bro, Steph Curry was a Division One basketball player that went to Davidson. Most states have 10 Division One basketball players, if that, per year. So with all that being said, Dylan Brooks has ego. If you go over the course of his tenure with the Grizzlies, Joe, what we saw is I remember this. It stood out to me. You know, it, it stuck out to me like a sore thumb when I was interviewing Dylan Brooks one day. We were just having a conversation, and this was two seasons ago. I got here during the 2021-2022 season, and he was talking to me about the quote-unquote core four guys, and he lumped himself in the conversation with Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and John Morant. And when I heard it, I was like, Dylan Brooks, you know, he's it's a franchise cornerstone with those guys, but it makes sense from his perspective. From his perspective, it makes all the sense it, of the world. He he was the longest tenured, right? Remember when he got there, uh, Joe, you'll remember better than me, but because I, I only can talk about it from the standpoint of my friends and everything, but I remember when we we used to be at school and stuff, guys were, were saying, oh, Dylan Brooks is one of the best value draft picks in his class. Like, that was what we were talking about. There and were the numerous year, nights where that yeah. guy was the best player for the Memphis Grizzlies as exactly. a second-round rookie. As a second-round rookie. Then the next year you get Jaron Jackson Jr., and there's the hype that comes with him. Then the next year you get this, wow, this point guard from, you know, Murray State, who in his first, what, one of his first games ends up blocking Kyrie Irving, like with the game on the line. And then after that, the very next year you get a first-round pick, you get Desmond Bain, who you end up trading Grayson Allen away for so you can open up a starting spot for him. And basically the the map, the road map was out there that those three guys were the cornerstones and Dylan Brooks kind of got thrown to the side. And you know, he was told last year, we need you to take lesser of an offensive role. That's what everybody wanted. But people said, well, why didn't it work in Memphis? They asked him to take lesser of a role, but at the end of the day, it's hard when you've played one way for a certain team when you feel like I belong in the same uh, conversation as Ja 
you know, Dez and Jaron Jackson Jr. with how much I mean to this franchise. He had a right to feel that way because he was a big part of the culture change of the turnaround. But at the end of the day, he needed a reset. The Grizzlies needed a reset. And that's why he's flourishing a little bit more so far in Houston. I like this segment, partner. I think we need to come back to this later on this week and visit. Let's visit on how Tyus Jones is doing yeah. uh, in the Eastern Conference. It's it's not going great. The story won't be as good as the Dylan with it. As long as my, you know, as long as we're being fair, you know, I think one of my Eastern Conference hot takes was the Washington Wizards were going to make the play in. That that doesn't <laughs> look so good right now. It doesn't look great. Uh, but we'll talk about Tyus later on this week. Uh, shout out to Dylan Brooks making me look smart and like i know what i'm talking about when it comes to basketball i appreciate that i'll give him a crisp high five the next time i see him uh when we come back here on lockdown grizzlies we will take a look at the state of play in the western conference as down as people have been on the grizzlies they are only two games out of the play-in that's part of why i feel so optimistic but i have a feeling my partner is going to uh, give me a dose of reality when we talk about the state of play out west we'll talk about that next here on lockdown grizzlies but first this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Abada. How does free Thanksgiving sound to you, DeMichael? Sounds pretty good to me. This year, Abada is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Mm, who wants turkey without the gravy? Certainly not me. Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Abada is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Abada gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. And you can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Abada, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Abada app right now. What are you waiting for? Use the code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. That's going on right now as we speak. Go to the App Store, Google Play Store, wherever you get your apps. Download the free Abata app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. We're locked in on the Western Conference standings next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication, I am the Memphis Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. Partner, the lay of the land in the Western Conference. We talked about Dylan Brooks earlier in the show. He has helped get the Houston Rockets, his Houston Rockets. I'm sure that's how he would describe them. Not Jalen Green's Houston Rockets, not Fred Van Vliet's Houston Rockets or yeah. uh, Sangoon's Houston Rockets. They are Dylan Brooks's Houston Rockets. That's right. They are, what, five and three, six and three? Something six and along three. Those lines. Six and six three. Six and three, looking pretty good, look, looking in a strong spot. Who would have six had Six in a row. Though? four seed in the Western Conference as of this recording. Again, every day, every night, things can fluctuate. But um, they're, they're in the mix in the middle of the West as of this moment. The Memphis Grizzlies are yeah, not, uh, right? Uh, they're it's, at the bottom. It's, it's not a big... Go ahead. Yeah, I'll... Not going as swimmingly for the Memphis Grizzlies right now uh, at two and eight. They're at the bottom of the conference. But it, as part of my optimism from yesterday's show, my column that I wrote over at Bluff City Media to Michael, there are only two games or so back from the play-in. So everything's still pretty jumbled in the Western Conference. Memphis still has a chance 
to kind of pick themselves up if they play the way that I think that they can now that they've found some things that might be working for them. Perhaps they can get back into that conversation even before John Morant returns, right? Uh, you're feeling the same wave of optimism as me, right? Uh, Joe, I look. I, I, I just, I, you're not going to be a Debbie Downer on this Tuesday, I can't, are I you? can't. I got to be honest. Oh. Like, I, I feel at the end of the day, this is where we agree. The Memphis Grizzlies are improving. I think things are starting to stabilize in terms, you know, we'll talk about it probably a little bit more in the next segment. Xavier Tillman Sr. is potentially on the way back. Uh, you got Bismack Biampo. Uh, So your front court pitcher, Jaron Jackson, your Santi Aldama, things are stabilizing there. Uh, the guards, we're starting to see Marcus Smart play off the ball a little bit more, which is what you asked for, right? And it's working, you know, uh, better for the team. Desmond Bain is clearly the number one option right now. So there, there is, you know, the understanding. Uh, and, and we've seen at times Jaron is the number one option depending on who they play against. Uh, Taylor Jenkins is starting to press the right buttons more. You mentioned the Jacob Gilliard uh, move into the lineup earlier. So things are starting to stabilize as, to, as opposed to through the first nine games. We just didn't know who was going to be in a rotation on almost any given night. So that's where I agree with you, Joe. But the next 10 games, it sucks to say because the team can be improving, but the record over the next 10 might not show it as much because the first 10 games were the chance to really do some damage. Well, at the end of the day, look, they went one and three in a four-game stretch against the Blazers and the Jazz. One and three. Yeah, that's bad. Three. You, you shouldn't have went any less than three and one over that four game over those four over the course of those four games. And now they're in a tougher position because the schedule's about to about to heat up a little bit more. And Joe, I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit because I I I know, you know, this isn't usually me. I'm usually more of the the optimistic, you, you know. We're usually more we're doing a role reversal right now. It's kind we're of doing weird. a role reversal. We're doing a role reversal, but I gotta be honest, because Okay, I'm about to put you on the spot, Joe, right? All right, so this is how we're going to do this. I'm going to list the next 10 games. We're going to do it like a rapid fire. So I want that you works. to quick, quick on your feet. But I'm going to say the next 10 games, and I don't even want you to give me your most realistic win and loss projection. I want you to give me your optimistic, the Grizzlies on a good night, on their best night playing their best basketball over these next 10 games. You could just say win or loss, okay? We'll start with at L.A. Win. Okay, at San Antonio. Win. At home against the Celtics on the second night of back-to-back. Loss. On the road against the Houston Rockets. Win. At home against the Suns. Loss. At home against the Timberwolves. Loss. At home against the Jazz. Win. On the road against Dallas. Loss. On the road, second night of back-to-back against the Suns. Loss. Okay. I'm not, I don't, we don't know what the 10th game will be yet because the 10th the game will come via the, you know, the in-season tournament, whoever the right. pieces are selected to play. But that was the most optimistic version of you, right? You said, yeah. you yeah. said loss I, I, five times. So I said win four. So four you said and five win, in those nine. And, and let's, the in-season tournament, more times than not, they're not going to make the, the the knockout round. So they're probably going to play a lesser team. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say win, hypothetically. So that's that five win. That's five and five optimistic. That's you thinking the Grizzlies playing at their best 
five and five. It's just going to be a tough stretch. So that means we're talking seven and 13, which is, which is better. And granted from what you said, now I'll swing things a little bit from, from the point that you made in terms of where the Grizzlies are in the standings and how close Mm -hmm. they are from the play in five and five over this next stretch, we'll put them in a position to strike when Ja gets back. But my point is these, it might not get much prettier in terms of the win loss uh, column. I'm sure I won't say three and eight, but you know, three, three and seven, four and six sounds real realistic over this next stretch. Five and five is definitely the most uh, optimistic version of that. If you're going to be unbiased, I could be a homer yeah. and a fan and just say they're going to go nine and oh, that's, <laughs> not, re- that's not realistic, right? Um, anybody who picks them to beat the Celtics on the second night of a back to back is out of their mind. The Minnesota Timberwolves are playing some of the best basketball of anybody in the good. NBA right now. So there's multiple games coming up that are going to be really challenging. But we have to keep perspective, right? Progress isn't always linear, as you kind of yep. alluded to. And the idea of them being five and five over these next 10, if that comes to pass, to be honest, that's with encouraging. You, three and seven over these next 10 is still better than what they were over the first 10 of the season. And it's against tougher competition. So I think your point yeah. is probably what's going to play out. If they were four and six right now after beating Portland once and Utah once, as opposed to two and eight we would be singing a different tune about if they struggled on the second. Exactly. It makes these games more meaningful than perhaps they should be. And the first of those to Michael is tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. We are going to preview Grizzlies Lakers next here on lockdown Grizzlies. But first this episode of lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. score early this NFL season, as well as this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. You heard me correctly. $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you most certainly should do so. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is extremely easy to use, user-friendly, with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. Grind through the NBA season with FanDuel, the official partner and official partner of the NFL. We're talking Grizzlies-Lakers next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stick around. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I am the Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. And the two of us, when our powers combine, I'm biased, but I like to think we put on a heck of a podcast here on Locked on Grizzlies. Tonight, late night, right? Little Grizzlies yeah. after dark coming your way. Yeah, uh, which, spoiler alert for those of you that are everydayers <laughs> here at Lockdown Grizzlies. You know that means that the Michael will have Wednesday's episode <laughs> solo because I will be in bed. I'm very old and very washed. Uh, but the Michael will have you covered for our Wednesday edition of the show. The uh, Michael, obviously, a lot of things going on with the Grizzlies. Right now, a lot of things going on with the Lakers, too. Some health concerns. The availability of LeBron James is questionable uh, going into this one. He didn't play in the game on Sunday. So let's assume LeBron plays, because I promise you that's what Taylor Jenkins is thinking. Uh, It's possible he doesn't, but let's assume he does. Obviously, they are not at full tilt, full strength. They have injury issues, not as bad as Memphis. 
How do the Grizzlies find a way to come out of their Los Angeles portion? Technically, it's a road trip. You yep. might know the answer to this better than me, partner. They play on a obviously late on Tuesday night. They don't play again until Saturday or Friday, right. I believe. Saturday. Yeah. So I would imagine they're going to come home. They, they're they not don't, just going to hang out in LA for three until days. Saturday. Yeah. Meaning so I would imagine they'll, they'll come, come back. back. Yep. Uh, they play again on Saturday. So they're going to come back home. They're going to come back to Memphis in between that stretch when, before they go to San Antonio. But so only one thing really stands out to me in this matchup. Uh, last season, when I think back to that playoff series, LeBron isn't who comes to mind. You know, I, LeBron comes to mind when I think of him and the Dylan Brooks drama and the one right. drive, the one drive to the basket in LA, right? With the the swing game of the series, uh, where he, he made the contested shot over Xavier Tillman Sr. and they won that game, I think, in overtime, or or whether the case may be. It was a huge, huge shot. That was the swing game. But it's Anthony Davis. And guess what? If you draw it up at the beginning of the season, no Steven Adams, Anthony Davis against Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Santi again, I say, guess what? <laughs> it's going to be same old, same old. Uh, I mean, he had, what, 31 and 13 in the game in that playoff series? He had ugly. But you got Bismack Biombo now. And this is this is where Bismack Biombo can really prove his worth. I know he's had double-doubles in the last two games, and I've written about it. I've talked about it. I just love what he's brought to this team. But this is this is the game, Joe. This is where I, I think if you want to say if Bismack Biombo, it, it sounds funny saying it, but if he's the guy who can take this, you know, front court rotation to the next level, these are the matchups that you need him in. Uh, the Clippers, I don't really have a game-changing center. You know, Zubak is – is is okay, but he, he's he's not, you know, a game changer. He's not an all star. The game before that, you played the Utah Jazz. They don't have a game changing center over there. They don't even have a center period right now without Walker Kessler in the lineup. Now you go against Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has had his way with the Grizzlies a couple times. Even if you go back to the last regular season game, uh, where Stephen Adams missed that game as well. This is the matchup I want to see. Me, I'm throwing everything else out of the window. Things will flow. I know they they made some changes. They got Austin Reeves coming off the bench now. Rui Hachimura is playing a bigger role. Uh, I bet the Grizzlies won't leave him open as much uh, this year around. But, Joe, oh, you I'll say keep that. It, I'll, <laughs> right. I, that's what we think. But I'm going to keep it simple, Joe. Bismack Biombo versus Anthony Davis. That's where my eyes will be for most of this game. I desperately want to see Desmond Bain hit like a key shot late in the game. Uh, let's be honest. I want to see it on, you know, my watch back that I'll do the next morning because I'll be asleep. I will not be watching it as it happens live. Um, but I do want to like and see him just like run down the court. I'm him. Right. Like Austin. Yeah. Reason, I'm him. <laughs> That's just more ridiculousness uh, from that guy. Uh, Cam Reddish is an interesting name for me. And I know nobody ever says that. Right. Um, I might be the first person yeah. to ever say that on an NBA podcast. Uh, Cam Reddish <laughs> has moved into the starting lineup and he's actually played pretty well yeah. uh, in the two games that he's joined or since he's joined the starting five for the Lakers. Maybe he's starting to realize some of that potential that a lot of people saw in him at Duke. He has talent around him, obviously. Mm -hmm. He's in a good position to be successful. I'm watching that because if they stick, assuming they stick with the Gilliard, Bain, Smart, tandem 
who defends who is going to be interesting to watch. You got D'Angelo Russell out there, obviously. Again, yeah. Cam Reddish is in that mix. There are numerous kind of pseudo positionless wings that are going to be involved in the game. And I'm going to be curious to see, because it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme, right? They're going to be pointing yeah. at each other a little bit on the perimeter. Who gets what assignment? You know, do you put uh, do you put Marcus Smart on Russell? Do you expect him to be the lead defender as against Reeves and the reserves? Desire Williams come in as a reserve now and defend Reeves in a, a reserve versus reserve matchup. Mm-hmm. The, both teams have made lineup changes recently that make who defends who and those individual matchups a little bit. I agree with you that Anthony Davis is, if they are able to control him, they're not going to stop him. If right. they're able to control Anthony Davis, they have a chance to win. And Biombo gives them a decent shot at that, better than they had two yeah. weeks ago. But the the beyond that, how those perimeter guys defend one another, since it doesn't look the way that we expected it to if we reflect back to that playoff series six months ago or seven months ago now, um, you know, that that's going to be kind of what I'm keeping my eye on. And, and, and it makes sense. Everything you said makes sense because at the end of the day, the, the Lakers have not been great this year um either and i was talking to someone yesterday joe about how you know from the grizzlies perspective we'll we'll see what happens with the clippers a uh, long term but one thing that i think most of us can agree on is that catching the clippers right now even if catching them later will be good too but catching them right now is definitely the best time uh to get your hands on the clippers because uh you know i'm sure they'll tweak some things and figure some stuff out over there but it kind of feels the same way a little bit with the Lakers, uh, not to that degree. You know, the Lakers are playing a little bit better than them, but the Lakers are struggling, you know, as well uh, in, in some of these games. I think LeBron pointed out the other day, he compared them to, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, to all the football fans out there. And if you've been watching the Steelers, uh, I don't know about the last game against the Packers, but up to that game, their, their first eight games of the season, they were outgained in yardage in every single game, but they had a 5-3 and three record. And that's kind of how the Lakers are playing. The offense kind of stinks right now. I'm talking about Anthony Davis over here because of the rebounding. But truth in the point is the Lakers are 22nd right now in rebounding in the NBA. So they haven't been some dominant, forceful team on the glass. It's like they're just they're just hovering along and they're closing out some games. I know they had a couple comeback wins on the Suns where two like big fourth quarters, uh, they – came back and won those games. They've had some some really other close games uh, that they've been in that they haven't gotten over the hump. But the point is, uh, this is a good chance. If the Grizzlies want to catch another team that kind of hasn't really figured it out yet, I mentioned, you know, Austin moving Austin Reeves to the bench. Uh, they said it wasn't really a demotion, just kind of structurally changing up some things. You pointed out Cam Reddish. Uh, they got him in a nice simplified role where he's guarding primary wing scorers and Basically, you know, being asked to knock down some open three-pointers. Remember the Hawks game? Uh, he missed the shot. Everyone's clowning him. And then LeBron James passed it again to him against the Suns. He knocks it down. And LeBron points it out uh, that, hey, I trust my guys, right? So I think at the end of the day, this is another team that's trying to find itself right now. Uh, and, and from that standpoint, I think it's a really good opportunity for the Grizzlies uh, to, to get a win. And the, the one stabilizing piece, at least against the – the Grizzlies uh, for the Lakers has been Anthony Davis. So I think that matchup is going to be a tell. Even that's how it was in the playoffs. Remember when Anthony Davis struggled in those couple games? Those were the games that the Grizzlies uh, won. But when he's putting up 30 and 13, they have no shot. 
And he's more than physically capable of doing that on any given night. So that's definitely the main focus of this Grizzlies team. At least it should be going into a big game tonight out in Los Angeles. DeMichael, you'll be uh, covering it, of course, for the commercial appeal, but you'll also be covering it for Locked On Grizzlies. Again, spoiler alert, DeMichael will be on Wednesday's show solo. Anything else you got cooking up for the Wednesday show? No, that's, that's pretty much it. I think we're gonna we gotta really dive into what's gonna happen in that game. I'm focused on that matchup in particular, but there's gonna be mm. some other matchups that play out as well, along with the Grizzlies roster getting a little bit healthier. You know, so I again things are starting to stabilize, and I think that's gonna be our primary focus right now as we kind of get closer to John Morant's return. Oh, would you would you say perhaps that the dog days are over? Is that what you're referencing there, Michael? Maybe maybe we're over maybe we're over the we're, negative hump here. We, we, we're getting there. The team there looks better. The team they looks better. They definitely look better. And shout out to Jacob Gilliard and shout, shout out, out to Bismack Biombo. Shout out to the short uh, point guards out there. Yeah, man. all the short point guards. For five nine guy, it, it I, I love seeing it. Shout out there to all go. the five nine guys out there. He, he's a confidence boost for us in a league full of six feet and above guys. There's still hope for you, partner. Maybe you can There's get in the league yet. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. Jacob Gilliard, Jacob Gilliard's being asked to just knock down open shots, make a couple passes. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I could find my way in there. I go go find one of these trainers around here and, and cook something up. There you go. I, I would pay money to see that. But anyway, uh, for Demichael Cole, I am Joe Molinax. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Check us out over on YouTube as well. Demichael will have you for our Wednesday edition of the show. Until then, stay locked in wherever you get the show, wherever you check us out. It is appreciated. Enjoy Grizzlies Lakers. We'll catch you next time on Lockdown Grizzlies.